Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to another episode of Pit Lane Parlay. This is Matt Hickey with host Mike and Jess. How are you guys doing? I'm so tired. I feel great. I just took a nap. Well, I uh, had a lot of liquid yesterday, and I'm not talking about water. Mike stayed up for what? 20 of the 24 hours? I think that's pretty close to accurate. And even when I, so I, I quote unquote, slept from like, two to six thirty, but I woke up every half hour and felt the incessant need to tweet something on the podcast account. So I never really got like a good couple hours of sleep until I fell asleep about four minutes after the race ended. And then Jess was Googling her favorite type of apples. Yeah, I was. I liked the Fuji apples. Perfect. Just uh just in case you were wondering. So uh because they so generously gave me PTO last week, uh, I did miss the episode uh, while I was on away from home. But I did want to quick kind of give my thoughts about one of the kind of more kind of shocking announcements in the last couple of years than IndyCar off seasons with Marco Andretti kind of making the announcement to step aside from his full-time driving duties and transition into a new role within the team. I kind of echo everything you guys have said as far as, you know, especially what Jess was saying about doing it on his own terms and whatnot. I, I like that about the the whole deal here, and I'm glad it, it was something that he kind of came to on his own rather than, you know, maybe Michael telling him to step aside. So Marco's not always been my favorite driver. He's uh, had some good moments and some bad moments, just like anybody uh, but as as a whole, I do appreciate everything he's done for IndyCar and the swarm of fans that he's brought to the sport and or cultivated. I think while his career is definitely not going to be one as far as the greats or even close to the greats, he does definitely have some highlights, some things to kind of look back on fondly. And I wish him the best. I hope to see him at the Indy 500 for many more years because I think that uh him being in that event definitely makes it a little better but uh i just wish him the best with whatever he does and you know if it's imsa or whatever i I hope he has success because it's something that i think a lot of people will be cheering him on for speaking of imsa very well said the world x24 wrapped up a couple hours ago as we were just kind of talking how it made it through most of the race it was actually really entertaining i think the first half of the race had its moments but 
you know, 24 hour race is never going to be exciting for an entire 24 hours. And I'm going to save part of my complaint about the race for the end of the episode. But if you missed the last six hours, go to our Twitter page. We posted some of the good highlights from it, but the battle for the win, Scott Dixon had something not go his way, not once, but twice, I guess, technically his car at the end of the race which is weird. I guess that means it's not 2020 anymore. Everything went Scott Dixon's way last year. So it was really fun. I enjoyed every moment of it. Thank you to everybody who hung out on the Twitch live stream and the YouTube while it was shortly up before we got kicked off of that. But uh, it was a lot of fun. I don't I don't know if, Jess, if you got to watch any of it, but I really enjoyed... No, I really... The new LMP3 class was pretty dreadful to watch, but... Spencer Pickett and Oliver Askew did win Rolexes in that class, so happy for them. But the rest of the battles were pretty entertaining, but we'll uh, we'll continue on. So, guys, I don't know if you saw. Well, of course, you guys saw. But I don't know if everybody in general saw um, the new IndyCar partnership that Team Penske has with Peretta Autosports. So, girls. If you've been looking for a team to cheer for, this might be the team for you because female leadership, female driver, um, it's going to be fun. I like, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what Simona Di Silvestro can do with what should be a pretty dang good car. I would, I, I would venture to guess since Penske is going to be involved. What do you guys think about it? I'm super pumped. It's something I think that Beth has been trying to do for the last couple of years. And to be able to partner with Roger Penske should at least get you in contention to start in, I don't know, let's say the top half of the field for the 500. Being you know conservative here with the new team, but being able to learn from Roger Penske and the Penske organization, just like the road to indie partnership is going to be immensely valuable for them in the long run. And I don't honestly know a ton about Beth Peretta, but she seems very well-spoken and like she knows what she's, she's doing is she's led her sports car team over the last handful of years. So I'm excited to see how it goes. And I think it's great for the sport as a whole. Yeah. I think it's fantastic for Roger Penske to not only do this, but you know, his involvement with, you know, trying to get more, minorities into the road to Indy and whatnot. I think it's fantastic. I think, you know, these kind of social initiatives are a great reflection on IndyCar and uh, a great way for, you know, a lot of people out there to get into the sport and get opportunities to get in with a team and then, you know, put that on a resume, maybe find a, a job elsewhere down the road. So I think it's fantastic. And on this specific entry itself, you know, cause Roger doesn't do this kind of stuff with, you know, partnerships, you know, there's been so many partnerships in the past, you know, decade between teams, ones that you really wouldn't suspect would happen, especially around that 2012 ish area uh, with the new chassis. We saw a lot of team partnerships and Penske's just stayed out of them for a long time. The only ones that really come to mind for Penske are Carl Hogan. He had a partnership with, and that might be it. So the fact that he's forming a partnership with his team, A, is great for Peretta because obviously, like Mike said, makes him an instant contender. 
And B, I think they got their driver selection correct. You know, obviously they're looking for a female driver. I'm really glad that they chose Simona. I think if they had gone the Pippa Man route, I would have been a little disappointed. I don't think that would have been the best selection just given the track record of Pippa the last couple of years. But I do think Simona, who somewhat like Pippa, never had gotten the best equipment, but I think she's done more with bad equipment than Pippa has. So really looking forward to see how this shakes out. I really like this announcement. And I hope, you know, with a lack of a female driver last year, I know it was disappointing to some fans out there. So having one back, I think is going to be awesome. Speaking of new teams, guys, we have the most complicated. I don't don't even know how to describe this new team. So I guess we'll start with the, the easy part of the announcement. Ed Jones is in the Vassar Sullivan 18 car this year that Santino Ferrucci was in full time. So happy for Ed to be back in the sport. But... Did this catch any of you guys kind of like completely out of left field? Like he he was rumored a little bit, but not like it wasn't like a contender. And then all of a sudden he was in the ride. He I didn't expect Ed Jones at all. Like not not even like a tiny little inkling. Not probably not even really as a part timer. Um, so yeah, definitely out of left field. Um, yeah, happy to have him back though. Like that's that's. A positive, but I just, yeah, like you said, left field did not expect that at all. I appreciate last week you keeping him honest about the whole Marco announcement when Mike said, oh, it's kind of surprising, but at the same time, you could kind of see it coming. And you're like, ah, no, 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 Mike. It was surprising. He he tries to play things off, but we got to call him out every now and then. Yeah. Uh, so we'll get Mike's thoughts on that here in a second. I like Ed Jones as a dude. Great guy. I'm happy that he's back in IndyCar. It's not the most glamorous announcement, though. I think he is probably more well-rounded in the road course arena than Santino, maybe. But it's still not the most awe-inspiring signing that I've ever seen. So he has a third chance because, you know, he got a rookie season based on the scholarship of coin. It's kind of like a meh. Then he goes to Ganassi and doesn't do anything. Then goes to Ed Carpenter. Not the best team, but doesn't do anything. So now he's got the coin. Uh, I don't have the highest hopes for him, but we'll see. But yeah, and I guess we'll touch on the next part next. But yeah, I'm happy he's back because he's a, a nice guy. I was very confused to wake up whatever day the announcement came out. And our buddy George said, Ed Jones, huh? And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. And I actually turned my phone back off and went back to sleep for a little bit. And then I looked again and I went, Oh, he's back in IndyCar. Huh? And it really caught me off guard. So I'm not going to play it off on this one. I was very thrown off. Especially because the second part of said announcement, which was kind of spoiled a couple times on the IMSA broadcast, actually, for the Rolex. And what first by Kevin Lee, then Cody Ware himself. So... Rick Ware Racing is going to partner with Dale Coyne, kind of like how Team Go was the partnership with Alex Pillow in 2020. So the 51 car will be full-time. The 52 car will be the 500 plus maybe extra races entry 
The drivers haven't officially been announced. However, then Kevin Lee said, oh, it will be Roman Grosjean and Cody Ware. And Cody Ware said, oh, yeah, the announcement's on Wednesday, later in that episode. So when this comes out, the announcement will be the next day. So I'm just going to leave it at that and take take it away. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree with what Jess said last week when you guys touched about Groman or Groman, Roman Grosjean. Uh, I just, <laughs> just combined his name. Yeah, just <laughs> combine the name together. Uh, yeah, I am shocked that Grosjean's going to be in the IndyCar, uh, given the circumstances of his F1 exit. All credit to him. Uh, that's really brave, and I think the IndyCar grid definitely gets better with his presence, and it gets a little more notoriety as far as rick Ware, you know racing i you know they've been a partner what just last year for the indy 500 that's that was their only effort yeah um so yeah i mean i thought they did a fine job last year davison was fast obviously the brake failure right away didn't help but i from what a little i know about them i think their nascar operation is sufficient well it's it's sustainable i guess so it seems like he kind of has that area figured out. It's just, you know, if you can get help from coin to get all the other trimmings up to speed to make sure they're quote unquote decently fast. Uh, having Grosjean will probably help. Having an experienced guy like him will help. So yeah, I think it's always exciting to hear these kinds of announcements. I just hope it's uh one that's for kind of more long term than team go, as mysterious as they entered and exited IndyCar. I would like to see them stay around longer than Team Go for sure. I'd almost even like to see them dip their toes in this year with the partnership they're doing and then maybe do their own team later down the road. I mean, I think that would be a good way to go to to kind of get used to things, see how things work. Um, but we'll see. Obviously, time will tell. As far as the drivers and uh, Grosjean, as you called him, um, he's my new favorite driver and I'm going to use that nickname forever now. Uh, <laughs> what did I say? Grow man, grow man, grow man. Yes. So grow man <laughs> is going to be his new nickname. And, um, yeah, no, I, I think he's, he's definitely going to bring good things to the table. I, I think that, like I said before, his, his experience in that accident kind of, I was kind of shocked that he would want to risk it all again, but I'm glad he is. So good to see that likely going to happen. Obviously it's not going to be announced until Wednesday, but yeah. And whoopsies on that getting out in the, uh, before the announcement, but I'm, I'm glad to see it. And I think it'll be interesting to watch how that team develops over the next season or maybe more, hopefully more. Yeah, I I'm happy for for Grow Man. I'm I'm excited to see how it does here in in the U.S. I the one thing I'm confused about is we were all pretty confident that it wasn't going to be Cody Ware, even though he tested the Indy car because he was announced for a full season Cup ride. I think within the last 14 days, I don't remember exactly. So he's racing five Indy car races this year, or four, whatever. So is he going to miss some? Is there going to be an overlap or is he going to 
bow out of those NASCAR races because his team's going to finish 37th anyway in NASCAR, and it doesn't matter who's in the car. I just have, and I know those questions can't be answered right now because none of us have any clue. And did Pietro Fittipaldi post that picture with the number 51 sign behind him just to screw with us all? If he did, it worked. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, like I, he could have just posted a picture and it was a coincidence. <laughs> like, yeah. I think uh, between we're starting as a reputation of nicknaming drivers because we had, well, not like a nickname per se, but Sir Lewis Hamilton on the F1 side. We have Haas's second driver. And now we have Groman. I like uh, Groman. Yeah. I like Groman the best. In the neck of these. I, I do take. I do enjoy not calling Haas's second driver by his actual name. It's just nameless <laughs> for the rest of the year. But I really wish. I still. I do wish Rich Energy was involved with them because that would just make this cluster mess of what is going to be a PR nightmare in 2021 even more fun. Yeah, just wait till they release a statement saying they that the second driver has their full support. Anyways, on the back of the Marco announcement that kind of shocked IndyCar last week, the predictable announcement of James Hinchcliffe becoming a full-time driver at Andretti Autosport uh, did come to fruition uh, after the recording last week. So James Hinchcliffe will be full-time next season in the 29 Andretti Autosport car. Like Genesis is going to be on the car for two thirds ish of the races, maybe more, maybe less, depending on how bad my math is. And so less than no, yeah, less than two thirds. And then fifty-eight percent uh, of the races, fifty-eight percent. So obviously, Hinch ended the season uh, in Zach Veach's car last year. What are your guys' expectations? I remember a certain co-host last year said that if he didn't have a good year, he was going to be out of IndyCar. Does that certain co-host have thoughts on how Hinch is going to do this year? Oh, I hate to be put on the spot. However, I don't have high hopes. That might be mean of me, but yeah, I don't I don't have super high hopes for his season, and it's... Uh, I don't know. It's more of a gut feeling than anything else. I I feel like, I don't know. I feel like he's kind of lost his luster, so to speak. I don't know. I just, yeah, like I said, it's more of a gut feeling than anything else. But I am glad to see him back. Um, I know that his Legion of fans is also very glad. And and so um, I I do like him, so please don't get me wrong. I, I like him. I just and I hope I'm wrong. I do actually, but I just feel like maybe it's not going to be the best pairing ever. So, simply and partially not to, to just not agree with Jess, I am going to say because he has become very good friends with Alex Rossi. Essentially, so Hinch was off of Andretti by the time Rossi came to IndyCar, so. This is, I guess, their first full season as teammates and friends together. I'm going to say Hinch is going to win a race this year. I'm not going to, like, pick where. I'm just going to, and it could be total luck. You know, it could be a Carlos Huertas type of win, but a win is a win. And I'm going to say he's going to win somewhere. And listen, I'm not, I don't necessarily think he's going to contend for the championship, but I think he will be, he will put an admirable effort together. Yeah, I think. I think this is going to be 
a more positive kind of result for these two. You know, Hinch had some definitely good showings there with his ride at the end of the season, uh, specifically thinking of St. Petersburg. You know, obviously that didn't end the way he would have wanted it to and was pretty embarrassing. And I'm not going to say he's going to win, but I'm not going to say he's going to suck either. So I think a P11 in the championship might be a realistic goal for that outfit, especially since they've had a tough couple of years. All right. I dig it. Before we get to the last few bits of news, quick team pit lane shout out. Let's go David Lighting, Cat Nickel, and Mr. Frenchie. And thank you to everybody who continues to listen and subscribe and hang out on live streams and whatnot. I'm going to combine these last two into one since they're both about NBC in a way. Barber got delayed a week to April 18th, which allows IndyCar to put it on big NBC. All right. Probably not much to say about that. Yeah. All right. It happened. Schedule change 7.0. Here we go. Just update your schedule. (laughs) (laughs) Update your PTO request for the 84th time already this year. Not doing it. Um, So, yeah, I am not even trying. Probably a good idea. The second point is NBCSN is going away after 2021. NBC Gold is no more as of, I guess, now or soon which means NBC's streaming service Peacock will carry premium content in 2021. We practice in qualifying. There's no kind of further announcements on this year in terms of what exactly that means yet. But what do you guys think? Is this, I mean, listen, there's a lot of hotly debated takes about this out there. So I'm just going to say, what do you guys think? And turn it over to whoever wants to go first. So I've not used Peacock yet. I know people are like very anti-Peacock for whatever reason. Um, maybe it's not great. I Like I said, I haven't used it yet. But I was looking into it and it actually appears that it's going to be cheaper for fans to do that than NBC Gold was. So I don't really see a downfall on that side at least. Um and I don't, I mean, I guess I don't, we don't know yet if races will be able to be got on there after the fact or whatever. And, and who knows how that'll all shake out. Obviously this is also new. It's going to, going to take a little time to work out all the details, but I, I don't have like a huge issue with this. I mean, if the network is basically going to be shuttered, why are people like, freaking out about what streaming service it's going to be on. I, ju- I just don't see it. Are you ready for this? Probably I'm going to sit back, put my feet up. Just let me know when I need to unmute myself again. No, it's actually not what you're going to think. I'm slowly but surely coming around to Peacock. You can have that on the record. I am slow. It's very slow. It's very gradual. So here's my, my big thing with Peacock. When it was just soccer that was basically getting screwed onto Peacock, that sucks. And like, I'm not going to pay $4.99 slash $9.99 a month to watch, you know, Liverpool on a streaming service when it might also be on TV half the season. So it's just like, you know, that, that's stupid. But if we're talking like IndyCar, some of their golfing events, the Olympics, 
hockey. They have a big hockey contract too, or at least there's a ton of games on NBC Sports Network, and there's all these you know rumors and whatnot about USA Network being more utilized, et cetera, et cetera. Like I, I it's hard for me to follow at this point because it's kind of all conjecture. But if I'm not going to get Peacock just to watch Liverpool, but if they add IndyCar and NHL and others. You know, instead of buying a gold for Premier League and a gold for IndyCar, if you just pay four ninety nine a month and get all of it. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, listeners. We wanted to take a moment to tell you about another podcast from Evergreen Podcasts and Sound Talent Media called Pit Lane Parlay. Pit Lane Parlay is the go to podcast for IndyCar and motorsports related news. Each episode, we discuss things like our favorite drivers, news clips from the last week, and generally giving each other a hard time about predictions we've made in the past and or life stories that have come up recently. We really have a lot of fun with it and really enjoy each other's company, and we hope you can come join us too. Join Pit Lane Parlay by following us on your favorite podcast today. I could come around to that, I think. I don't think that's the biggest ask in the world, so... I am curious to see how it goes. Um, you know, I think I get like, I think everybody gets like a seven day free trial or whatever. So I think I'll try it out for Barber. Is that the first race on 7.0? Uh, so I think I'll, I'll try it out and, and see how it is. And, you know, if the commercials are overtaxing or whatever, or if it's pretty good quality, et cetera, et cetera. So am I, am I the biggest fan of it? Not necessarily, but I think it's, at the end of the day, it's starting to make a little more sense the more I kind of take a step back and, and look at all the angles. I think at first when the like the rumors became announcements real quick within that one day last week, it was a little concerning because you're trying to figure out how this is all going to make sense. And then they start saying, okay, well, the NHL will be on there. And while I have local nbc for the flyers people like my brother who live in boston don't so i was thinking how is he gonna watch the flyers now this makes it easier and if they have soccer on there that makes it even easier if you like all three i don't pay attention to soccer as much as i try to and i know you're a golf fan my brother's a golf fan so if you're paying let's just say 6.99 a month and you're getting all that seems like a pretty good deal to me and I know there's, and and we still don't know exactly how everything's going to shake out for this year and for next year. So it's kind of hard to get all worked up over nothing right now. And I think it'll end up being good, but I'm, I'm definitely, I'm intrigued. I know, I know that much. So guys, unless we have any other news or discussion points that you wanted to get to, I think we can complain for the week. And now it's time for pit lane parlays pitfalls of the week. All right, so I'm going to go first. I'm going to make it uh, kind of short and sweet because both of you guys are going to complain about 
similar things and mine is totally different. So that's why I'm going to go first. You guys kind of touched on it earlier. I don't know if it was on purpose or not. Um, no, it was. It definitely was not. <laughs> on January 23rd, a Mr. William Story, a.k.a. the CEO of Rich Energy Drink. <laughs> I literally did not bring that. I honestly didn't look at your pitfall at all and... I see now why you made that face earlier and I didn't quite understand. And okay. yeah, I, uh, yeah, I didn't, I, I didn't see the pitfalls until now. I, I thought it was just kind of funny. Cause I'm like, did they read that or no? Or they just, they had no idea. Okay. So anywho, he was kind of going after Gene Haas again. However, he tweeted this, and I can't, I I will use Haas driver number two just to appease you guys. But uh, Gene Haas made a mistake going against me after being misled by some corporate investors. However, he has made a great move signing Haas driver number two and Mick Schumacher, who are both world-class talents. Haas driver number two, a future world champion in my view. <laughs> so that's like a snub against Mick Schumacher right off the bat, like if we're going to go there. And to say that Haas driver number two is going to be a world champion is just like pretty much putting his stamp of approval on him. And that just boggles my mind that anybody would want to publicly like side with him, I guess. I don't know. But obviously, uh, Rich Energies, well, they're known for being a hot mess disaster. And this just goes one one step further. They they are for sure going to own up to their hot messness with this one. You know, Rich Energy going to Rich Energy. <laughs> that's all I got to say about that one. Yep. Fair. Yeah, that's... Uh, uh, I got nothing. <laughs> it's, just, it's just... There's so many bad things about the whole yeah anyways i can go next so the rolex 24 obviously has come and gone uh in the practice session uh one a one driver named uh austin dylan did i say that right uh I think so made an error into turn six and so for those who may be having a tough time visualizing uh and can picture the rolex 24 uh circuit at daytona Turn six is basically you're kind of driving towards the turn one area and then you turn a left and you head on to the ovals turn one. And so if you are to lock up there, there is a tire wall, etc. there to prevent you from heading into race traffic into turn one. Austin Dillon locked up and decided that the best, well, I don't know if he spun to, but the best way for him to re-enter the track was not to not just pull uh, 180 and go back to turn six and then go the normal route. He thought the best way to get back to the track was going through the runoff area, going the wrong way into the turn one runoff area. And while there was traffic coming at him and then re-enter the track in a part of the track that's not used for the race on the normal oval. And as one Mike Jokum pointed out to me and others, someone at race control said that that was probably one of the stupidest things they had ever seen. 
I would. I. I wasn't. There was a video clip that showed up on Facebook, and a guy that we follow, Kyle, had tweeted it out, and a lot of people therefore saw it. I don't know how much other traction it got, or if he got like fined or anything like that, but it was pretty careless. So, not the best moment for Austin Dillon there. I don't know if he got fined or or anything like that, but. When race control says that's the dumbest thing we've ever seen and the broadcast talks about that race control said that like it's like openly talking about it, you really screwed up. And then when Austin Dillon got interviewed, he was like, you guys aren't going to talk about this, right? Like, how do, how do you not talk about it? You made a boneheaded move. Anyway, I, Jess, I'll let you if you have anything to chime in on before I get to mine. Yeah, I mean... To have race control say it's the dumbest thing they've ever seen is pretty impressive because I know that they've seen some really dumb things. So, yeah, that's it. So, speaking of the broadcast, the Rolex 24 that we've talked about throughout the episode, the broadcast felt like the 24 hours of NASCAR or really the 24 hours of Chase Elliott because every time Chase Elliott made a move, whether it was eating a hot dog or getting ready to go back in the car, or taking a nap, or texting on a cell phone, or not getting back in the car. We it was it was very Chase Elliott heavy, and I really have nothing against Chase Elliott. I was just hot tired of hearing about only NASCAR and Chase Elliott for a large chunk of the broadcast, and it just kind of took away from some of these amazing sports car drivers and guys who do this full time. And it just, it felt like a NASCAR production at points, which was really frustrating. I saw they were also uh, talking about Jimmy Johnson in extreme amount as well. So, Oh yes. Yeah. Yeah. What about uh, Spencer Pickett? Did he get a lot of love? No, I, I don't know if they honestly even said his name once, even though he was, leading the class, the LMP3 class, and won the LMP3 class. And I'm not sure if him... I think they said Askew's name maybe once or twice, but honestly, I don't think they said Spencer Pickett's name once when he was in the car. It was just, oh, the LMP, the, the other car. They're, he's winning. That's kind of sad. Well, he's got that rolly on his wrist now, so now you have to, now you have to show some respect, I guess. <laughs> and congrats to, to him and Alex Rossi won a Rolex. Matt's favorite, Elio Castro Neves, won a Rolex. Obviously, Piggott and Askew, the other classes are kind of escaping me at this point because I don't really know what day it is anymore, and I'm tired. So, guys, we'll wrap it up with that, and unless I missed anything, which I don't think so. Next week is the Super Bowl, so maybe I'll throw up a Lost Tracks episode at some point next week, and Leave that up there. So, Jess, go ahead and sign us off. And, guys, keep your lug nuts tight. Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. I recently joined as a member, and you can too. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at p-o-d-g-o dot c-o.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.